0: Chapter 18 of The Pony Rider Boys in New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Pony Rider Boys in New England by Frank G. Payton. Chapter 18, The Verdict of the Court. I charged this young man, Stacy Brown, with having violated the game laws by killing a bull moose down in Moquin Valley on the 16th day of June," announced the warden. "'What evidence do you have to that fact?' demanded the Justice. "'His own admissions.' "'To whom?' "'Well, to pretty near everybody in the village. He told them all about it at the hotel. Word was brought to me, and I went there.' he repeated his story to me in great detail what was done with the carcass demanded the justice part of it was eaten the rest buried according to the boy's statement did he take the antlers no the antlers were buried it seemed the guide of the party was to return later and get the antlers out after the season opened in october who was the guide cal Vaughn. he's at home laid up with a broken ankle else i should have had him here to give evidence and perhaps to answer for the killing of the moose he had nothing to do with the killing did he not according to the boy's story then this court has nothing to do with Cale Vaughn in the present issue the question is did the accused kill a moose on the date mentioned in the complaint i will hear from some of our citizens did any other person present in this court hear the statement attributed to the boy brown several voices answered in the affirmative the justice called three men to the stand one after the other each told the same story the pony rider boys listening with close attention stacy didn't leave much to the imagination did he whispered tad in the ear of ned rector i should say he didn't but this must be another moose that he is talking about this is a brand new story we're hearing it's the same old moose but with new trimmings answered tad the evidence of the villagers fully confirmed what jed whitman had said in fact it was wholly convincing during all the talking chunky had stood before the deal table behind which sat the justice the boy twisting and untwisting his weathered worn sombrero now and then gazing about him with wide soulful eyes Reminds me of a yearling calf about to be turned into veal, muttered Ned. Squire Holliday heard the whisper, though not catching the words, and threatened to eject the party from the room if anyone spoke without being asked. Stacy Brown, stand up, commanded the squire. "I, I am standing up, stammered Chunky. I've been standing up all the time. Silence! Chunky shrunk within himself. The accused will now give his version of the affair, announced the Justice. The accused grew red in the face, but did not speak. "'Give your testimony,' said the squire. "'Tell the court your side of the story,' directed Jed. "'I I didn't mean to do it,' stammered the fat boy. "'Then you admit it,' snapped the squire. "I "'I had to do it. He would have killed me,' protested the fat boy. "'Explain.' I was standing against a tree. I looked up and saw that big thing standing in front of me. I was scared stiff. Moderate your language, young man, commanded the court. A respectful attitude must be maintained toward this court, or the offender will be severely punished. Proceeds. He came for me with his head down. I fell over. He butted his head against the tree where I had been standing. Then he fell over too. I guess the bump must have given him a headache, for he didn't get up. I got to my feet and saw him lying there. Then I happened to think of my knife. I jumped in and cut his throat. You see, I was excited. Ah, breathed the court. Yes, sir, exclaimed Stacy, warming to the subject. I cut that moose's throat. I almost cut his head off. I wasn't a bit afraid of that fellow with a back like a giraffe and ears like a mullein leaf. You were not afraid?" nodded the Justice. "Oh No, sir, I wasn't. Why, when I first set eyes on him, I just went for him like this. Stacy squared off, and swinging his arms, he advanced, sidestepped, and checked. No, sir, I wasn't afraid. I'm not afraid of any animal that runs on four legs. I made up my mind that he was going to be mine. I wanted a piece of steak from that old moose. You could have gotten away from him, had you wished, could you not questioned the justice, got away from him, of course, I could, but why should I want to get away? I wanted him, and I got him just so answered the justice dryly, who are the members of your party? Stacy named them, pointing to each one. the justice eyeing them frowningly. Tad had groaned when Stacy told his story, his second story. He saw that the boy had made his own case as bad as it could be made through his desire to glorify himself. Thaddeus Butler, stand up, commanded the Justice. What do you know about this case, young man? he demanded. No more than you already have heard, sir. Were you a witness to the killing? No, sir, said Tad. When was your attention first attracted to it? When I heard my companion call out. Was the moose dead when you reached the scene? Practically. Brown had killed it?" Oh, "'I suppose so,' said Tad. "'What did he tell you?' "'Something like—' "'What he has told to you. I guess the main facts were somewhat similar,' answered Tad, with a faint smile. "'You ate some of the meat?' "'We did, sir.' "'Did your guide, Cal Vaughn, approve of what had been done?' He did not. He said it was against the law to kill moose at this time of year. Did he bury the antlers, proposing to return later and get them? We buried the antlers, sir. The moose was dead. No further harm could be done, it seemed to me. No, you're right. You had already done quite enough. You had violated the law. You could violate it no further except by killing another moose or a deer. That will be all. Professor Zeppelin, stand up. You are in charge of this party are you not yes sir said the professor did you think you are doing your duty as a law-abiding citizen by permitting one of your charges to violate one of our most sacred laws the professor's whiskers bristled i do not see how i could have prevented this sir a proper supervision of your party surely would have kept them from breaking the laws no matter how lawless my young men are not lawless sir retorted professor zeppelin indignantly they are most respectable law-abiding young men what occurred was accidental and i am thoroughly convinced of that statements of the contrary are untrue and silence silence thundered squire halliday i demand a right to be heard in this matter if we cannot get justice in this court we shall seek it elsewhere my young men have done nothing to warrant this high-handed proceeding one of my party was attacked by an angry beast he defended himself to the best of his ability had he not killed the moose the probability is the beast would have killed him even had this not been the case one or the other of us would have been obliged to shoot the moose to protect ourselves the professor was angry and made no attempt to disguise his feelings He considered the detention of Stacy Brown a high-handed proceeding, and he resented it. "'I have nothing more to say at this present time. I may have occasion to remark further at another time,' was the way Professor Zepplin wound it up. "'The case appears plain enough. I shall have to give the young man the limit of the law.' "'I am sorry that there is a limit,' said the court. "'What? Are you going to punish him?' demanded the professor, bristling certainly he admits killing the moose does he not yes asserted the professor then i have no alternative i must pronounce sentence stacy's face grew suddenly very pale stacy brown i fine you one hundred dollars in cost the cost will probably reach twenty five dollars pay your fine or take a jail sentence whichever you may prefer oh help moaned the fat boy gazing about himself helplessly end of chapter 18 recording by kenneth sergeant Gagan.